The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Well, good morning. Welcome here, everyone. It's so nice to hear the chattering and people just greeting each other. And it's so wonderful knowing that as believers, we have that special gift of knowing that Christ is with us. When we think of Christmas, God, Emmanuel, we know that that's real. He's with us and he's within us. And we have a lot to remember as we celebrate this Christmas. If you're visiting our church family, we'd love for you to take time to uh, use the welcome card that's in front of you, the seat in front of you, or you can download our app. You'll see banners uh, in the foyer that have a QR code. You can download the app and you can do the welcome card there. Uh, All the information about our church you can find through that app, so please take time to do that. Today is a very special day because we have our children from Sunseekers coming to worship with us, to lead us in worship. So in a little while, they will come up and lead us in a Christmas to believe in. And we're really looking forward to that. Uh, For those of you who are students, junior high, senior high, we want to let you know that this Friday is the final event of the 2022 year. And it's going to be some sort of Christmas Olympics. So come ready to engage in some fun together and uh, just, yeah, enjoy each other's company. And then we want to let you know about a few other things coming up. The first one is uh, Christmas cards for our missionaries. We have a number of missionaries and partners that we just want to encourage during this time of year. So what we've created are these digital Christmas cards. They're called Kudo Boards. And if you get the weekly uh, email uh, or uh, you'll see a slide with a QR code, it will take you to a page where there's links for all our missionaries. And you can write a note, a Christmas note. You can upload a picture. You could even put a video on there. And then we're going to send it to them just a few days before Christmas. So they'll get it digitally. So please do that. Um, you might think your words are few, but it encourages our missionaries tremendously to know that people are thinking of them and taking the time to say that they love them and praying for them. Then want to let you know about our two primary giving opportunities this year. Uh, the first one is our Christmas offering. So starting today all the way till the 18th, or to the 20th, we will be receiving an offering. So that means if you want to submit an offering on the memo, you can put Christmas, uh, Christmas offering. And what we're planning to do is the first uh, 3,750 will be split between three of our partners. One is Far Corners Ministry. That's our min- ministry in India. And traditionally, those funds go to help the children of pastors go to school. It costs about $300 to send a, school, a child to school for the year. So we give those, that to help those parents send their children to school. Then we have the Canadian Baptist Ministries, and that's going to the school that we work with in Cochabamba for their spiritual formation program to help train the pastors there so they can be a blessing there to their communities. And the final partner is through Prison Fellowship. It's called uh, Angel Tree Christmas. And what this one does is it provides gifts for, the, for inmates. So inmates are able to say, I'd really like my child to receive a gift. They send in a note. They write a little note to their child. And then we go buy a gift that's somewhere between around $30. And we actually deliver it to their house. Uh, this year we're giving the funds directly to Prison Fellowship. So that's a really wonderful way to bless children uh, this Christmas. The funds that go above that will first of all go to make sure that we take care of the hampers that we need for the food bank that we do here every other Thursday. And I just want to praise the Lord and thank you for your involvement in that so far. This last Thursday we do 30 families every other week, so 60 families in a month. And by spring we want to be doing 100. We had enough for 30 hampers this last week because you brought the food in. You didn't just bring the money. You went shopping, you brought it in, and then our team just sorted it into bags so that it all looks similar. 
So we did that this Thursday. In two weeks from now, we have another 30 families, different people. And we're already up to, I believe, 24 bags that are accounted for. So if six more families would say, hey, we'll go buy the supplies and bring it here, that would be fantastic. So thank you very much. I know the, the people who are coming are so grateful to have that food, especially over the Christmas season. So uh, let's clap and just praise the Lord for that, that we have the opportunity to love in that way. And uh, the last thing I want to share with you is just a reminder that our Christmas Eve service is at 5 o'clock. It's called Behold Him. So 5 o'clock on that uh, Saturday. And uh, it will be streaming. So uh, make use of that if you need to or invite your neighbors to watch. I found that very helpful in the last years. Just giving the link to my neighbor saying, hey, if you're interested in what I believe or the church I go to, you can watch the service this way. And then on this Sunday, we'll have our normal service at 10.30, but it won't be streamed, but the audio message will be provided afterwards. So anyways, welcome here this morning. We, we're so thankful that we always know the Lord is with us. He invites us into his presence. And right now, I'm going to invite the Advent readers to come up to get our hearts ready for that. Good morning, church. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him and she saw she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Before the beginning of time itself, the birth of Jesus had already been planned. It was a rescue plan. Because through Jesus, God intended to save us from our sin. It was a royal plan. Because through Jesus, God provided us with the one who would be our king, now and forever. It was an eternal plan, because through Jesus, God made a way for us to know him and love him forever and ever. The angel Gabriel invited Mary to behold all these things, to see and experience that everything that had been promised would surely come to pass. And we too are now free to behold Jesus, to experience his presence every day, and to see that he is everything he was promised to be. Our Savior, our King, and our friend forever. Amen.
Thanks, you guys. You know, the more years that I, that I live, uh, the more and more uh, every Advent, my prayer is, is becoming this, that, that God would continue to give me uh, a sense of wonder for what we are celebrating at Christmas. Uh, because what an amazing thing, that the Son of God, the Son of God willingly chose to live in our existence and walk here uh, for us. That is an amazing, amazing story. But it is a story that we hear every year, and it's a story that for many of us, we've been hearing for our entire life. And uh, it can be so easy for something even as amazing as that to become something that we just go by rote or we, we take for granted. And may it never be. Uh, I, I pray that this Christmas for you and your family and for me and my family, uh, that this would be, again, a year where we uh, just see how incredible it is that God's done this for us out of love for you and for me. What an amazing God we have. And uh, this morning we're going to be singing of that. And uh, I, I invite us to stand as we sing glory to God in the highest. Uh, Gloria in excelsis Deo.
beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god 
and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Have a seat. 
This morning we are, I know many of you have been looking forward to this, uh, we are going to be uh, seeing the kids in our church uh, presenting their Christmas musical to us, and uh, it's going to be a blessing, it's going to be honoring to God, and I know that you're going to love it too. It'll take a few minutes to turn some things around here, so we'll start in just a little bit. A long time ago in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior was born, which was Christ the Lord. Wait a minute. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? We're doing the kids' Christmas play. Look around. Everyone's here. Even our parents are here. Hi, Mom. Well, see, I've been thinking about it, and I don't know if I believe it all or not. What? You don't believe? What don't you believe? I don't know if I believe in the Christmas story. What? Well, it just doesn't seem like it's a real story. Not real? Oh, here, take some, some deep breaths. 
Wait, I have an epitome. You mean an epiphany? Potato, potato. I'll tell you the Christmas story, and you can decide if you believe it or not. Okay, I'll listen to this story if you think it will help. A long time ago, there was a young woman named Mary. Hi, Mary. Hello, do you believe yet? Eh, I don't know. Is she supposed to be talking to me? Mary lived in a town called Nazareth. She was promised to be married to a man named Joseph. But one day, Mary was visited by an angel of God. Anyway, did you skip the page? Wait, Mary has one more life. I'm the Lord's servant. Maybe as you said. So Mary packed a bag to visit her relative Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth was Mary's older cousin, who lived in another town. She had been married to a good man named Zachariah for many, many, Months earlier, the angel was visited by Elizabeth. An angel had visited Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah. Hey, I knew you skipped a page. The angel said, Hey, is that the same angel? Yes, it is. We like to try to stay as close to reality as we can. So anyway, the angel said to Zachariah, Don't be afraid, Zachariah. Your angel there seems to say that a lot. Well, if you think about it, actually seeing an angel would be quite shocking, don't you think? So anyway, the angel, so anyway, the angel said, don't be afraid. And then she said, Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a baby boy, and you're going to give him the name John, because he will help, he will help the people who are Yeah, he totally does look old. <laughs> oh no, he just questioned the angel. Watch this. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. But... Hey, what happened to his voice? Gone. Laryngitis, power of God. Whoa, you said it. Sure enough, just like the angel had said, Zachariah and Elizabeth were soon expecting their first baby, even though they were pretty old. But Zachariah still couldn't speak. It wasn't very long before Mary had came, Mary came to visit her cousin Elizabeth. As soon as Mary greeted Elizabeth, the baby in her stomach leaped for joy. Whoa, this baby is happy to see you and the baby that you are carrying. Blessed is the child you will bear. My soul glorifies the Lord. 
Mary's visit with Elizabeth and Zachariah lasted about three months, and then Mary went back home to Nazareth. Uh, Mary, I think you're supposed to exit the stage. I just wanted to check. Do you believe yet? Eh, I don't know. Elizabeth had her baby boy just as the angel had told Zachariah. When it was time to name their baby, the fr their friends and neighbors asked them. Did you know? 
we find Joseph, a man pledged to marry Mary, asleep in his bed. Joseph has had a hard day because Mary was going to have a baby and it wasn't his. Uh-oh. Yep. Now Joseph was a very good man and he wanted to be kind and generous towards Mary. But since he knew the baby wasn't his, he wasn't sure what to do next. While he was still considering his options, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. Oh no, not the angel again. Joseph, get up. Do not be afraid to get married to Mary. The baby is from God and you're going to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Not sure yet. Here, you read a while. Why? Because my mouth is getting tired. I've been talking all morning. Okay, sure. Where did you leave off? Oh, here it is. Okay. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that everyone in the Roman world would be counted. Why on earth would somebody order something like that? Taxes. Oh. So. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem in the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a baby. Hey, is this almost over? Because I'm getting hungry. Is it lunchtime yet? Just read. Okay, okay. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So do you believe that? Eh, I don't know, but that's a very pretty baby you have there. Thanks, he's the son of God. And that's the end of part two. Time for a snack? No, time for a special song.
Near, near the little town of Bethlehem were some sheep, shepherds living out the, in the fields, watching their flocks at night. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were really scared. Oh, don't tell me. Not, oh, no. Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see the baby. Okay. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. Well, that's, a ni that's that. What a nice Christmas story. Hey, hold it. What happens next? Oh, you don't want to know. Yes, I do. What happens to Mary? What happened to the baby? How am I supposed to believe in Christmas if I don't know what happened? Are you sure you want to know? Yes. Be careful. Wanting to know is the first step of believing. All right. I want to know. Tell me. Well, okay. We'll read together. You start. Okay. Not too far away lived King Herod. He was the king of the whole area where Mary and Joseph were living. Wait, who are those guys? 
There some wise men. No. There are some wise men who've lived in nearby country. There are some wise men who lived in nearby countries. They have come to find baby Jesus. Where can we find the baby who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and came to worship him. King Herod knew the ancient prophecies that there would be a Messiah born to the Jews and that this baby was the king they were talking about. He didn't like this and secretly plotted to kill the baby Jesus. So King Herod asked his advisors, Where is this Messiah to be born? Go and find this baby and come back and tell me where he is so that I can come and watch him as well. Hey, wait a minute. I don't like this. King Herod means to hurt baby Jesus. It'll be okay. No, it won't. We've got to do something. We've got to warn them. Do you want to hear the rest of the story? I do. Okay, then. Let's read. The wise men went on their way, and the, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When they saw the child, they bowed down and worshipped him and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another road. Another road? You mean they didn't go back to Herod? Mary and the baby are safe? Phew. Well, not quite. What do you mean? Keep reading. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. The angel is back? Get up, Joseph. Take the baby and his mother to Egypt and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until Herod died. Woohoo! They made it! The baby's safe! Mary and Joseph are safe! That's the greatest story ever. That is the coolest angel I've ever seen. Nice! Good work! So, is that the end? Almost. Later, Joseph was visited by an angel in a dream. The angel told him that Herod had died, so they were able to move back to their hometown of Nazareth. Jesus grew up, lived a sinless night life, taught about God who was his father, and later paid the price for the world, and now all who believe in him have eternal life. So now the question is the same one Mary's been asking you all morning. Do you believe yet? <laughs> yes, I do. I really do. I really believe it. It's such an amazing story. You see, it really is a Christmas to believe in. So that's the end of our play. That was awesome. I really like that angel. Are we done now? Not quite. The kids have one more song to sing.
Then they do a great job. So my name is Sheila Taylor. I'm the director of Children's Ministries here, and um, we hope that you've been blessed by our kids sharing this beautiful story for Christmas. Uh, we couldn't have done it without all of our volunteers. Well, especially the kids. We couldn't have done it without them. <laughs> um, and the families and all of our volunteers and leaders, um, our Christmas planning team, Alejandra, Amanda, Sharon, um, Rebecca on piano. Thank you all to everyone, the broadcast room, the sound booth back there, you guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate all of you. So let's just give a hand for them as well. Thank you. And if there are any kids left over here, if you're in preschool to grade four, we do have some um, activities and games that we're going to play with the kids just for the remainder of the service. So if you want to go check in, you can do that now. So thank you very much. And let's thank Sheila for what she's done to pull it together. Yeah. Uh, amen. I tell you, it is no easy thing to uh, pull this together because they have so little time with the children, and uh, they just did a great job this morning. Thank you so much, Sheila. To tell us the so whole story. It was really well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. I wanted to ask you a question this morning, and I want you to, it's kind of personal, it's the question is, do you consider yourself a person of faith? Do you consider yourself a person of faith? And if you say yes to that question, then the next question is, or the next statement I want to say, <clears throat> is that if you consider yourself a person of faith, the worst thing that can happen to your faith is that you lose the wonder. You lose the wonder of faith. There's an old preacher by the name of Gypsy Smith, uh, probably a couple hundred years ago when he lived, and into his 80s he was asked one day what kept his preaching so alive and fresh, and he responded by saying, I never lost the wonder. I never lost the wonder. One of the things that we see in the Christmas story, especially through the character of Mary and these many angelic visitations that she had, and Joseph as well, was that this word behold comes out. And every time the word behold comes out, it's like an invitation to believe, and then that believing can lead to more wonder, which is an incredible thing. That's one of the reasons why I think it's so fun to have children around at Christmas. Because children don't know so much that they get proud. They haven't lived so long that they get jaded. They, they have this incredible way of waking up in the morning and being ready for anything that would be of wonder, of surprise, of awe. It's so wonderful to wake up on a Christmas morning and for the, for the child to run into and to see that the baby Jesus has appeared overnight. It's amazing to be around children. That's maybe why Jesus said, unless you become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Because as we get older, sometimes the, the wonder of our faith gets rubbed off. 
And I think your life in prayer, your life with God, your life in this church and in Scripture and so on will all lose its wonder when you lose that sense of beholding and believing. And so this morning, just for a moment, I want to talk to us a little bit about this scripture that was read at the beginning of our message, or our, our service, when, when uh, Mary uh, receives this angelic visitation. And indeed, angels were scary creatures that came from the presence of God. And yet he tells her not to be afraid, and he gives her this incredible message that she's favored of God, and she's going to be carrying the Son of God. And um, it, it says in the Scripture, she tried to discern. She tried to discern what this meant. And I looked up that word discern in the Greek text, and the Greek text, it's a word that's it's dialogizomai, which was where we get our word dialogue from. Discerning involves dialogue. Now, we often don't think that way. We think that discernment is somehow just me and Jesus, and that's it. But discernment is dialogue. Traditionally, in, his, in Christian history, there's three ways that people process discernment and make decisions that are of great importance in our lives. One of the ways that we see in Scripture is the old Gideon's fleece. You know, remember that story in Judges chapter 6? And, and Gideon puts out this fleece and sees if there's going to be dew that falls on it, but not anywhere else, and so on. This idea of discernment is when you say, God, I'm going to go to this meeting, and if this happens, then I'll take it from you that this is the decision, and if it doesn't happen, I'll take it from you that that's the decision. I don't know that God doesn't mind that sometimes. But you can't test God in that way. So that's one way of discernment. A second way of discernment is this, the counsel of many. In the Proverbs, various times we read verses that say that in the counsel of many there is secure decisions. And that's this, again, this, this is definitely a dialogue, isn't it? This discernment of bringing into the fold, into the decision, other people seeking counsel from others. Do you think, would you pray with me about this? Do you think I should say yes? Or whatever it might be. And then the third idea of discernment in Christian history is given to this saint in the 1500s called Saint Ignatius of Loyola. And Ignatian discernment is this idea that you present before God a question you keep on bringing this thing before God day after day after day after day, and over time, God moves your heart to know that you know his will for your life. And I wonder what process or method of discernment Mary had used when she had to discern whether she was going to behold and believe in what the angel was saying. You know, we have a summary of this exchange between Gabriel and Mary. We're not given the whole story. And I wonder if she had some dialogue with people. She, she actually brought some people into her confidence and said, I, I, honestly, I had the most incredible time alone with an angel. You're not going to think. And, and people started to pray for her. I wonder if she actually had several days or weeks before and she kept on bringing this to God in her prayer life saying, God, was that really an angel from you? Is this really what you're asking me to do? 
It could have been all three kinds of discernment. But whatever the case may be, it says in the scripture that she believed. Later on, when she walks into the story, as we saw, she walks into the room where Elizabeth was and and John the Baptist inside Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy at the entrance of Mary carrying Jesus in her womb. And Elizabeth says, and blessed are you because you believed. You believed that the one that is coming is born the Son of God. You know, it... This beholding, which simply means literally, you know, you think, you, you read it in a scripture, and you think, is that just a filler word? <laughs> you know, behold, the virgin shall be with child and give birth to a son. You should call him Emmanuel. Or behold, says, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Or behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived. It, it, you know, is it a filler word? No, I don't think so. I think every time we see behold in Scripture, it's an invitation. Now, what do you do with invitations? You're getting some invitations maybe around Christmas right now. You have two choices when you get an invitation. You can either say, yes, that works for me, or you can say, no, I can't make that work. And when God gave through the angel Mary an invitation through this word behold, he's saying, Open up your life to this. This is God's will. This is God's leading. Beholding leads to believing, which leads to a greater wonderment and standing in awe of God. That's what I believe the scriptures teach us. In this passage, the invitation is to believe. Because in verse 37 of this text, it says nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, maybe you're at a place in your faith journey. Maybe you're at a place in your life and you've got some big decisions ahead of you. And maybe you need one of these three or several of them uh, to, to make a decision. Maybe you're going to Maybe you're going to bring into counsel some other people. Maybe you're going to bring something before God day after day after day and journal about it and wait for him to move in your heart. But whatever it is, if you have stopped believing in the wonder and the awe of God, the incredible ability of God to do what he says he's going to do, you will not end up in seeing the glory of God like Mary did. We have opportunities, I believe, every day to pause. That The reason that we don't, that the wonder has been taken away from some of us in our faith journey is because we don't slow down, we don't pause long enough just to to ponder God, this God who is creator. To ponder what it is that it means that he actually, the living, eternal God, actually took the form of a human. To ponder what it was for this God to live in a body confined like we are and getting sick like we do and so on. And that to go to a cross and die for sins that he did not commit. That he might open the way for us to be forgiven. If we could just stand in awe of what God is and who God is and what he is like. If we could just take some time this Christmas to do that. I'm going to be talking in the next few weeks. We're going to be revisiting that word behold which is a key theme of the Advent season right now, behold. And I'm going to ask you that as you hear it every week, 
think about how it's an invitation. It's an invitation from God to take a step in more intimacy, closer to God, closer into who he is, what he has for you, and believe in him. You know, on the stage here, we have two kind of primary props. We have this nativity scene with the star and the manger and the, and the stable. And then we have the cross. And you know, it's incredible because those two extremities of the life of Christ, the birth of Christ and the death of Christ and his resurrection, that is the punctuation of God's wonder and awe that we have in our faith journey. And each of us, if we are people of faith, have a beginning birth point where we believe. We say, yes, I know now, I believe. And you're born again, you're born of God because you put your faith in Jesus Christ the God-man, the one who took your sin upon the cross. And then you have that place where you enter into the life of Christ where you say, I'm going to take up my cross daily and follow Jesus. Even if it costs me to follow Jesus and obey his word, I'm going to follow him. And the amazing thing about it is that everything between that first step of a journey of faith with God and the last step where you finally go to your grave... God's got you. Nothing is impossible with God. And there's a whole bunch of beholding that he wants you to do day by day as you walk with him. And the beholding of God in answered prayer, in a beautiful sunset, in the birth of a child, in the, in the struggle of going through pain, in, in the wonderment of God, he's, he's asking you to have a deeper faith that leads to that deeper awe of God. So I pray that this coming Christmas, these next few weeks, will be that for us. I'm going to ask that I pray right now for us in that regard, that God might meet us so. Heavenly Father, we ask you now, come. Come in this Advent Christmas season, even as we have had the story displayed to us by the children this morning, would you help us to take the time to just stand in awe and wonder of you? To let our faith go deeper than just the facts? Even as Mary asked the angel, how is this to take place since I'm a virgin? And she was at the head level of being unable to understand. And then, and then Gabriel took her deeper and said, the Holy Spirit of God will overshadow you, and, and so therefore you will be con conceived, what will be conceived in your womb will be the Son of God. Not, not explainable, really, but God, she believed. And she had the privilege of seeing the wonder of her cousin in her old age, Baron Elizabeth, bear a baby, and then her herself conceive and bear a son, though she was a virgin. We, we, these things are not done, but God, with you all things are possible. Would you help us to lay our lives before you in this season that we face in our lives, to be behold what you're doing, to believe in your ability to perform what you have said you will do, and to stand in awe of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Mary has asked four different times this morning, do you believe yet? We're going to sing what we believe. And oh, come let us adore.
Jesus. You were and you are and you always will be our God. You've been since the beginning of time and you will be for all of eternity. And in that short little blip of time that you walked this earth, you changed everything for us. And I thank you that you did. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to behold you in all of our circumstances over and over that we might grow in our wonder for who you are and that our worship might reflect that. You are our God. We are your people and we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us. I pray this in your name. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.